0: Hello, hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome back to the Everything New York Giants podcast. My name is Adriana and I am your host. And wow, is this going to be an exciting podcast today because the Giants won their season opener in Tennessee versus the Titans by one point. And oh my God, was that game something. The last five minutes, I don't think I've ever been more stressed in my life, but the team came away with a victory. It is the first time that the New York Giants are 1-0 since 2016. And let me tell you, it has been a long six years. And starting 1-0, I could not feel any better today. And I hope that you guys feel the same. And... Obviously, it was not a perfect game. The Giants have a lot to work on, but what we learned from the game yesterday is a lot. So we're going to talk about the highs, the lows, and everything in between. As always, we're going to start off with the offense, and the offense had quite a day yesterday, especially Mr. Saquon Barkley. And you know what my favorite thing about Saquon these days is? His honesty. And he told people he was going to go off. And he was damn right, let me tell you. Let's cover off on his stats because we all watched him. And the one thing that I really noticed about him, there's a lot of good things about Saquon. He's a leader. He's positive. He's a captain. He's extremely talented. But yesterday, he showed us that he is the Saquon that we drafted, and he is going to prove to everyone that he was worth that number two overall draft pick. And my God, did he have a day yesterday. Almost 200 total yards in one game. So he had 164 rushing yards. Uh, He had 18 carries for 164 yards. The average was 9 Per carry, and obviously we know that is on the higher end after that 65-yard run that he had, which was one of the most beautiful things I've seen, and a touchdown. Now, he also, like I said, has almost 200 yards total. So that was just the rushing. We knew this was coming. We knew he was going to be used in the receiving yard Did we in the receiving game. Did we know that he was going to lead the team with seven completions? Maybe, maybe not, because we got a lot of good wide receivers. He led the team with seven. Right behind him was wide receiver Richie James, who led the wide receivers with six completions. We're going to get into the receivers in a minute, but I'm not done with Barkley yet because, man, he was exciting to watch. He was electric. He was fast. He was breaking tackles. He was running north and south. He did everything that we have been dying to see from him since his rookie year. This is the Saquon, ladies and gentlemen, that we have desperately missed, and he's back. And we've been saying this all along, that if he is healthy in this offense, he is going to shine. And I hope that this is just the beginning. So one thing that I want to talk about with Saquon is his 164 rushing yards yesterday is the most in a season opener in Giants history According to ESPN, he surpasses Tiki's record for 146 yards in 2003, and he surpassed it by almost 20 yards. So, wow, he had a great day. Nothing to complain about with Saquon. Very happy with him overall. So let's move along to Jones, who I am surprised to hear that so many fans are still so horrified by Daniel Jones. Look, guys, I don't know what kind of expectations you have going into this year. If you're expecting him to be Aaron Rodgers, you got to fix your expectations. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's never going to be Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know why people have these insane expectations of him to go from what he's done the last couple years to all of a sudden do a 180 and look like a completely different quarterback. It's not going to happen. Okay, so we got that out of the way. Let's talk about the good things, because Jones did some good things yesterday. He went 17 for 21 for 188 yards and two touchdowns. His rating was 115.9 percent. Pretty good. On top of that, he had six carries for 25 yards. Now, along with that, we saw improvement in his sliding. He's not the best slider I've ever seen. He's not. A major league baseball player but what's important about that is that he's finally learning and I don't know what it is and I don't know what it took but he's learning to either take the sack when he has to take the sack to throw the ball away and to slide now the one thing I have to say about the sliding is that he still looks a little awkward doing it and I my observation of that was He's afraid of getting hurt. And his slides, you know, are not as natural as you would hope that they would look. I think it's going to come with time. Nine times out of ten in the past, he has not even attempted the slide. So he's making progress, and that's what I want to see from Jones. I don't know about you guys, I just want to see him improve week after week. And another thing that I want to point out about Jones is that we all saw... After the end zone interception, which obviously was a bad decision by him. We all know that. I'm not going to condone it. I'm not going to say, you know, that we can breeze by it because he did other things that are good. Obviously, things like that cannot happen. We saw Dable go up to him afterwards and ream him out. And I don't know what he said to him and we're probably never going to know. But what came out of that was Jones getting back on the field and making better decisions. Now in the past, when Jones has made bad decisions, you could tell when he comes back out on the field that he's not feeling confident and he's not in the present. He's still worried about the mistake that he made and he can't get past it. And we didn't see that from him yesterday, which to me is one, good coaching. He feels that whatever Dable said to him, it was enough to get in his head to turn things around. And it shows that he's making progress, that he's learning, and that he's getting his confidence back. We have not seen a confident Daniel Jones since his rookie season. It's going to take time, you guys. He had a really bad coaching the last two years. He had a bad offense. He had people who didn't believe in him, people who played scared. And let me tell you... Coach Brian Table is not going to play scared and if that's the best thing about Coach Table which in my opinion there's a million things to love about him that alone it restores confidence in the players that the coach wants to win he believes in the players to make the plays to execute on the field and to win games. So one more thing about Jones, and then we can move on. So according to NextGen, Jones completed 81% of his passes while being pressured on 69% of dropbacks. Now, Jones was sacked five times last night. The offensive line still needs work. I think we all know that. I think that tempering expectations for Giants fans is difficult. I'm one of them. But what I will say about the O-line, and we'll talk about that now, is yes, Jones got sacked a lot. He only had one fumble out of all those times, which we know historically he's had more. So again, improvement, progress, this is what we want to see. But a lot of that falls on the O-line. They were rotating is Zudu and Bredesen at left guard. Now, these guys have been out with injuries for weeks. They barely played in the preseason. They didn't play the last two games. Pretty sure they didn't even play the first game. So there's not a lot of continuity on the O-line when people are in and out with injuries. So it's to be expected that they're not going to come out week one and look perfect. What we have to take is that from the first half to the second half, we saw progress and we saw improvement. And that's what we'll continue to see. Now, we're going to get Shane Lemieux back in, I believe, three to four more weeks. That's going to make a difference. We have a chance at getting Nick Gates back, who is likely going to be the future at center, not John Feliciano. But... There's still work that needs to be done on the O-line. They're not perfect, but Jones had a little bit more time yesterday, aside from the sacks, than he's had. And the fact that he completed 81 of his pass, 81% of his passes is pretty good. Again, you guys, progress, it's going to take baby steps to get there. We have so much work that needs to be done on this team that it's not going to happen overnight. Okay, so let's talk more about the offense here. Aside from those two guys, let's talk about the rushing. So, Breda, behind Barkley, he and Jones, Jones was number two. Um, Breda, KT, and Richie James were the last three rounding out the rushing yards so Breida had five completions for 24 yards i think that Breida looked pretty good yesterday i'm excited to see more from him Kadarius tony had two rushes for 23 yards and richie james had one for two yards let's move along to the wide receivers so kenny galladay was out there for 44 snaps he had two receptions shep 41 snaps and four completions and a touchdown shep unbelievable we'll get into him in a minute richie james was out for 40 snaps. He had six completions. Like I said, he led the entire wide receiving core. Sills was out there for 27. He had zero. Wandale was out for nine snaps. He had two completions. And Kadarius Toney was out there for seven snaps and had zero completions. Now, there's a lot of talk last night and today about Kadarius Toney and why he's supposed to be a focal point of this offense and he was not out there. Now, I don't know if we'll ever get the full answer for that. From what I've seen today, from what Coach Dable said, is exactly what I suspected last night. Now, I know some people thought it was the injury, but I felt like they wouldn't have played him at all if the injury was still bothering him. The what it seems like Dable was getting at was the fact that he just wasn't ready. And he didn't know the offense enough to go out there and succeed in it. And that's what I felt. Now, you guys, he's been out pretty much all summer with injuries. So when he's been out that whole time, guys like Barkley, who's been healthy, Guys like Richie James, who's been healthy, David Sills, they have all been in there learning, playing, executing. So I'm with Dable that I think it's fair that these players get the snaps. Now, I don't think that means anything long term for Tony. I think he's going to be involved in practice more this week, and I think that he'll get more reps on Sunday versus the Panthers. But... I do think that Dable is making him earn it. And you know what? I appreciate that. Obviously the injuries are not his fault, but when he spent so much time missing practice, you can't just throw him out there and hope for the best. I mean, even the they called the wildcat and Tony had the ball and was getting ready to throw. And, you know, no one was open. He was under pressure. It didn't go the way that it was supposed to go. And... I think we'll see it again, of course. I'm sure we'll see it many times. But I think the execution is going to be better the more time that Tony has in practice. So I would say don't read into it too much. I think that he's he's going to wake work his way back up into the good graces of the coaching staff, and he's going to get more reps, and he's going to be fine if he stays healthy. If he does not stay healthy, well, then I don't know. (laughs) Then we're not going to see a lot of Canaries, Tony. Let's move along to the receivers. So let's talk about Sterling Shepard, who I don't know about you guys. I mean, I love this guy. I don't know what there is not to love about him. He is the perfect New York Giant. And I know there was a lot of talk in the offseason that, you know, people are worried he's injury prone and all that kind of thing. But here's the thing about Shep. When he's healthy, he is a playmaker. He is Jones's best friend. They have a great connection. Shep is really good about catching the ball. He makes the plays, and he can execute. And we saw that yesterday, and I swear to God, I almost cried when he caught that pass from Jones and ran it in for a touchdown. He is the embodiment of a giant, like a lot of the guys that we have seen that have come through this team, like the Strayhands and the Tucks and the Elis and... All of those players who are just the epitome of a New York Giant, that to me is Shep. And all I want for him is to be healthy and to succeed. And I am so glad that he had a great day yesterday. He had two receptions for 71 yards and one touchdown. Right behind him, Richie James had five receptions for 59 yards. Barkley, six receptions for 30 yards. KG, two for 22. Wandale, one for five. Chris Myrick coming out of nowhere yet again like he did last year with that random touchdown. He went one for one with a one touchdown, and I love it. And here's the thing that we're going to see more of with this offense is maybe not surprising plays, um, but things that are a little outside of the box in the sense that Myrick had one catch And it was a touchdown catch. And that was it. We barely saw him for the rest of the game. So those are the types of things that we're going to see for the Giants. We're going to see from Kafka. And it really excited me. One last guy I want to cover off on on the offense is Daniel Bellinger. Because I know that there was a little bit of concern and surprise as to why we didn't see more of him yesterday. Now, he did play, he was out there for 29 total snaps. So when you look at someone like Kenny Galladay, who was out there for 44, and Shep, who was out there for 41, it's not that far behind some of those other guys. And I think it goes back to the same thing with Kadarius Toney. Now, Ballinger's dealt with a little bit of injuries during the offseason, and was coming off a concussion, so it's possible that he just didn't know the system as well, and Dable felt like he just wasn't ready to play, and I think it might just be as simple as that. Now, like Kadarius Tony, I do expect to see more of Bellinger this week, so... I will keep you posted on what I hear from practice this week if he's getting more reps and what the chances are of him playing more reps on Sunday. But I would say we probably are going to see more of him and we will see that we will see his reps slowly ramp up over time. Now let's talk about the defense who was good and was bad. The thing about the New York Giants defense is the last two minutes of every game is always a struggle from the last that I could remember. It's been years and years of two minutes of stress for Giants fans. Last night it was five minutes. It's normally about two minutes. So the defense needs some improvement. We know that, but they did pretty good on slowing down Derrick Henry. And that was the goal, and that was how they were going to win the game. And they, if Jones didn't make that end zone interception, we would have won the game, and the last two minutes probably wouldn't have been as stressful as they were. They held Derrick Henry to 82 yards. And when the Bengals beat the Titans, they held him to 61 yards so we've talked about this, the key to beating the Titans is slowing Derrick Henry. So we need to praise the defense for doing that, because they did a really good job of slowing him down. Now, one thing we also need to keep in mind is that we didn't have KT, the other KT, Kayvon Thibodeau, and we didn't have Aziz Ojolari. And when we have those guys back, oh my God, we're going to have a pass rush and this defense is going to be even more exciting to watch. So we have that to look forward to. They should be back this coming week. So let's go into some tackle stats. So Tay Crowder left... um, Tay Crowder led the team with seven total tackles. Four of them were solo. And if you did not watch the game or you missed when he stiff-armed the crap out of Derrick Henry, get on Twitter right now and watch it because it's unbelievable. I don't think anyone has ever rocked Derrick Henry like Tay Crowder did last night. And oh my God, it was beautiful. Go back and watch that. The next one right behind Tay Crowder was Jihad Ward. And I know a lot of people, myself included, were worried about Jihad Ward going into this week because we were missing Aziz and KT, who are huge presences on the field. But Jihad Ward held his own. We got to give it to him. He had six total tackles, five of them solo, and right in line with him was Darnay Holmes. Now, Darnay Holmes would have had a much better game if it wasn't for those Penalties. And my God, you guys, the Giants probably leads the NFL in the worst possible timing penalties because you can't get penalties like that on the last drive. And I know that Dable probably reamed him out. I hope Wink did as well. I he needs to improve on that. Outside of that, I think Darnay had a pretty good game. He had a really good offseason, and I think he's going to continue it, but he's got to reel in the penalties. They're a huge problem. Now, there are a couple other guys, Adoree Jackson and O'Shane Zimenez, who also had six total tackles. Now, I think you guys, and I was surprised to hear this, but I got to tell you, another guy who I was worried about this week played better than I expected, O'Shane Ziminez was graded the best defensive player on the New York Giants last night. Yes, I read that right. That is a true statement. Unbelievable? Yes. But it's true. Speaking of unbelievable defensive stats, Aaron Robinson was tied with Leonard Williams, Julian Love, and Xavier McKinney with five total tackles. All four of them, aside from McKinney, had four solo tackles. McKinney had three. Now, Aaron Robinson was one of my biggest concerns on the defense going into this game, and I have to hand it to him. I really thought it was going to be a Patriots replay, and I was terrified of that. He held his own. He wasn't perfect. He no doubt needs to improve, but I was really worried, and he showed up, and I know the stats don't tell everything. Obviously, when you just look at the numbers and see that he had the same as those other guys, it's almost unbelievable, but he held his own. Now, that's the big thing that I've said that I want to see from Robinson, is I want to see him improve week after week. And from watching him during the Patriots game to watching him in the game yesterday versus the Titans, there is no doubt in my mind that he is going to continue to improve. Is he going to be one of the best cornerbacks on the team or the NFL for that matter? Probably not. Maybe he'll get in line with Adoree Jackson and compliment him really well. And that's what I want to see. So I'm not going to run through the rest of the defensive stats, but um, I do quickly want to name a couple of guys. So Austin Calitro had a pretty good game. I expect to see more of him. Um, how about Nick McLeod had a pretty good game as well. Tomon Fox got a couple snaps. Uh, Quincy Roche we saw was elevated from the practice squad, so he got in there. Cam Brown and Dexter Lawrence. Now, Dexter Lawrence is someone who I – He needs to improve week after week. I think we're going to see it from him. I think it's going to be a little bit of a slow build. But I do want to see more improvement from Dexter. We signed the fifth-year option. He's staying here. So I want to see him live up to that. Let's move along to special teams. The botch snap was so absurd and unexpected that I almost couldn't believe my eyes because if there's one part of special teams that has been consist- consistent, aside from our beloved kicker, Graham Gano, it's been the snaps. I have not had an issue with that in years. Casey Kreider has been named, again, another one of the most consistent players on the team. I don't know what happened. I do think it was a one-time thing. I don't think we'll see it again. But that was a really bad addition to overall bad special teams play. And when the special teams play is not looking good to begin with, you can't have botched snaps like that. So I know we talked a lot about in the preseason, while there wasn't game planning and a lot of rookies were getting playing time, this, that, and the other. Well... It was a little concerning to see the bad play week one. Now, I think McGahee is going to get special teams together, and I think that they're going to improve. But I, th- I think it's going to be a little bit slower moving than we thought or hoped it was going to be. So we'll see how that improves. But we need to talk about Jamie Gillen, who was another highlight of the whole game. He was... His punts were consistent. He had five of them inside the 20-yard line. His longest was 60 yards. He did a really good job punting. And i he's one of the guys that I'm actually pretty excited about and another guy who's improved week after week. And this is what we just want to see consistent, right, is consistent play and execution and consistent improvement. And I feel confident that from a lot of these guys, if not all of them, that's what we're going to get. So speaking of that, let's talk about the punt and the kick returns. So Gary Brightwell was used for two of the kick returns. He had 41 total yards and the longest was 24. Not too bad. Richie James, my God, this guy has earned himself a a lot of reps on this field and on this team. And I... He's a guy you got to be excited about. He had five punt returns for 62 yards and the longest was 22. Can he improve on that? 100%. But overall, I feel pretty confident about having him as a punt returner, which, again, is someone that we haven't had a great punt returner. In the last couple years that's been reliable and consistent and I hope that Richie James continues to develop and we see improvement from him because he just looks really great out there overall and I am excited to see him continue to improve. Graham Gano, automatic of course now he only got the opportunity for one extra point and he nailed it like usual he would have gone two for two if it wasn't for the botch snap but that's what next week's for. So that rounds out special teams. I want to get back to the offense and the O-line for one second because there's two other stats that I had seen that I wanted to cover off on. So Feliciano and Izudu each had one sack. Now we talked about the O-line and a little bit of the issues there. Now the second half Izudu played much better than Bredesen and I think that that's who we're going to see starting this week depending on how practice goes. But remember, guys, Zudu's a rookie. It's going to take a little bit of time. We saw improvement from the first half to the second half. That makes me feel confident in him that he's going to improve. So let's get him there. Now, Feliciano, I don't know if you guys saw this afterwards, but he found out before the game that his, nep- his one-year-old nephew passed away from drowning. And he found out before the game and was devastated. And I think he played pretty great considering, but he talked post-game that he was really devastated, as he should be, of course, a horrible tragedy. Devastated and just, you know, focused on that during the game. And he played the game for his nephew and he did the best that he could. But, you know... Think there's no doubt that something like that affects your mindset going into a game. And I think that all things considered, he did the best that he could. Yes, he gave up a sack, but overall he played pretty well. And I I'm not sure that Feliciano is the long-term solution for this team. But if he can play well until Nick Gates can come back and hopefully Nick Gates can come back and play well, then you know, I feel pretty good about the center position. So again, guys, consistency and improvement is what we want to see from this team every week. Now, the last thing we need to talk about is the injuries, because dare I say out loud, the Giants may have made it through one whole game without A, losing multiple players, which is a first, and B, not having a serious injury. From what I've heard and seen so far about Wandale, he got an x-ray and it came back clear. He is getting an MRI today, but he said post-game that he felt like it was more of a coaching decision to keep him out because of the injury to, I guess, prevent it from getting any worse or having him re-aggravate it or anything like that. So that also leads me back to the kadarius tony thing that there's no doubt this team is conservative and the coaching staff is conservative when it comes to injuries we know that so i think that the kadarius tony thing is more about the practice reps and less about the injuries because if he wasn't feeling 100% he would have been on the injury list like darius lee and so i think that covers it for this week very exciting Excited that the Giants are 1-0. It's not what we expected to see, (laughs) but the Giants finally had a little luck go their way. We have gone years and years of us losing in the last five seconds to a kick from any and every team of kickers making 63 yarders that they've never made before, but they only make it against the Giants. So you know what? It's about time that we have a little stroke of luck on our side. We got the win. We scraped it out by the skin of our teeth. But we did it. We're 1-0. We are going into Carolina on Sunday with some confidence. We are going into it seeing some improvement, especially from the first half to the second half. I expect that we'll see more of that. But we have a shot at beating the Panthers If we slow Derrick Henry, there's no reason why we can't slow Christian McCaffrey, especially if we have guys like Thibodeau and Aziz back in there. So overall, very excited. I hope you guys are having a great victory Monday. Let's enjoy it while it lasts because we all know how the Giants go. But we can do it, guys. We can beat the Panthers. Everyone, if you're heading to the game on Sunday, enjoy the season opener at MetLife. Hopefully, we walk out of there with a win. I will be in Italy. I will not be at the game. And as sad as I am to not be at the game, I am also wildly thrilled to be back in Italy for the first time in a long time. So, I the next episode you guys hear from me will probably be after the Cowboys game. I will be in attendance at that game. So, I will do a little wrap-up episode for you then. So enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the Panthers game. I will see you guys back here on the Everything New York Giants podcast after the Cowboys game in week three. Let's go, Giants. Let's hope they get another win.